Well, hi again, everybody. I'm Jack Church, and of course, this is my podcast, Love Letters to Pam, the Jack Church Show. Of course, I get tired of saying it, but you may be watching us via our YouTube channel. That, of course, is Traveling with Jack and Pam, because we do put the podcast on both platforms, so to speak. Well, today, the title, I believe if I remember what I titled this was, Widowed and Facing Life Alone. I know that kind of sounds a little bit dark, but it's kind of a reality as well. Now, it may not be long-term, short-term. It just depends on your situation. But I want to talk to you about some thoughts that I had today. And a visit I had with our good friend Lola, all of 94 years old. And Lola always has some great words of wisdom to share as well. But first of all, I want to talk about this idea of facing life alone. I've made it through year one. I've made it through year two. I am now completing year number three without my beautiful Pam. For you, you may be completing your first day, your first week, your first month. It may be 10 years. It may be 20 years. You may not have remarried. You may not have dated. You may be out there alone, so to speak. Sometimes by choice, sometimes by default, because sometimes we just get tired of trying. For me, being alone has been an adjustment. A huge adjustment as it has for you as well I'm sure I want to talk about something though that's really been bugging me the last couple of weeks I told a friend of mine I said I don't know if it's maybe has something to do with the cycle of the moon or something like that the phase of the moon sunrise sunset times things like that but for some reason I've really been trying to battle the blues in the morning hours now I'm gonna bet some of you watching or listening know what I'm talking about. You finally get to sleep at night, and after we've gotten a few hours of sleep, oftentimes we may wake up, go back to sleep, wake up, go back to sleep, because again, that's alone time in the bed. You don't have your partner there with you as you're sleeping. I do recall when Pam was alive, I slept much more soundly. And I know she was always, we called it a hard sleeper. Man, I got to tell you, that woman, she could say, good night. Boom, she was out. And then she didn't wake up for another eight or nine hours. I wish I could do that now, but I can't. But anyway, I've found that the mornings have been especially hard the last couple of weeks. I guess the best way to describe it is I just wake up and I'm like, oh, gee. It's another day. Oh boy, what are we doing today? What do I need to get done? Well, I've got work I need to do. I do find though, there's not quite that oomph that you used to have, that get up and go as far as the job goes. It's more like now sometimes our jobs have become more of just something we have to do. And sometimes we might start thinking, well, why do I even have to work? It's just me. don't have anybody here to support. And then you go, well, I guess I got to support myself, so I'll keep working. You know what I'm talking about? Just life in general kind of loses that zest. Now, I know that a lot of you, you tune into these podcasts and these videos because I'm supposed to give you these uplifting messages that's going to change your life. The reality is your life has already been changed dramatically. And we talk about it's how we handle the change. But it's still really, really hard. And I get back to those mornings. 
And I found that on the really, really hard mornings, I still, you know, jump in the shower, get out of bed, don't, don't lay there too long. That, that's not good. I usually try and maybe, uh, I have a little Bible study app that's on my phone. I can either read it or I can hit play and they'll read it to me. That helps a little bit. Then I turn on Sports Talk Radio uh, out of Knoxville. That's the beauty of nowadays in electronics. I may live on the West Coast, but I can listen to my beloved sports teams, the Tennessee Vol Talk, uh, via put it on the phone and listen to it as I go in and take a shower and, and get out of the shower. You start to feel a little better. You know, you've, you've gotten going, right? Then I've noticed if I'm still feeling a little down that what I need to do is go down to the local coffee shop. There's one just around the corner from me. So I'll go down there. I'll even take my laptop and I'll get a cup of coffee, check my morning emails, things like that. It just feels better being out of the house and doing that. And then there are times I go, you know, this is nuts. I'm paying $3. Then I'll usually tip a buck as well. So I spent $4 on a cup of coffee. I could have made 15 cups at home for that. You know, I, and then I start thinking, am I wasting money? And then I'm like, well, again, we get back to, it's just me. So what? Oh, well, I spent $4 on a cup of coffee. So we do that. And then we go through the course of the day and we may get busy and things are going pretty well. And then every evening I try and get in a hike at one of the local area mountains out here. Or if it's a little too late, I at least go through some walks through the neighborhoods here. Bottom line, try and get a good three or four hours, three or four hours, three or four miles of good brisk walking. And sometimes if I'm really feeling, you know, a real charge, I'll, I'll run for just a little bit. Because again, that exercise makes a big difference. And then I get in for the evening and it's time to make dinner. Mm. I still do menu planners. I've told you that. It's very important to do that. Have a task. I have my menu planner so I know what I'm fixing. None of this business about eating over the sink or grabbing a frozen dinner. I like to cook from scratch and, and I do that. Pam and I always did that so I still do it. And so generally then I have my dinner and uh, maybe, I don't know, Catch something on Netflix, catch a ball game, maybe catch up on some of my emails from you guys and girls out there, check up on our Facebook page, do all that kind of stuff, and then it's time to go to bed. And then it's like, oh, here we go again. Back to the empty bedroom, back to the empty bed, back to trying to go to sleep, wake up, go to sleep, wake up. We're doing it all over again. Now, this leads into my conversation with Lola today, 94-year-old Lola. I was talking with Lola, and unfortunately, Lola now lives at a, at a nursing home. And I, I want you to know, though, Lola is light years ahead of most of the residents there. It's just through a, uh, an unfortunate set of events that she has to be there uh, to, to get some of the care that she needs. But Lola still gets out and about. Sometimes when I visit her, I actually... We'll put her in the car and we'll go to a local coffee shop, something like that. And they tell me she's the only person that ever leaves there, which that's great, though. And now I try and go over there at least once a week now that I'm living in the same city as she is. And uh, I get these these donuts from a local donut shop that she loves to hand out to some of the staff there. And then she shares them with this coffee club group that she meets with every day. Uh, Lola doesn't eat them. She's kind of like me, kind of, you know, tries to eat healthy all the time, even at 94. Um but it's kind of fun and I, I enjoy doing that for her and for her friends and some of the workers there. But we were having an interesting conversation today and uh, I asked her, I said, Lola, I said, you know, how, how have you been lately? And she goes, well, you know, she says, 
I've never been the type person that, that felt depressed, but she says, I've, I've been battling that lately. She goes, I, I wake up in the morning here, she says, and I look around and I go, why am I here? What am I doing today? And of course, then I'm like, wow, Lola, I said, you know, it's not the same set of circumstances. I do at least get to get out a little more. You know, I mean, I know you'd love to be out as much as me, but I said, I can kind of relate. I said, you were pretty young when you lost Keith. That was her husband. And we knew Keith. We called him Grandpa. And she goes, yeah. She says, you know, it's been 26 years now since I lost Keith. And I thought, 26 years. I said, Lola, that's a long time to have lived alone. She goes, far longer than I ever wanted to be or planned on being. And I said, you know, Lola, I said, I totally get that. I said, every night before I go to bed, I said, I pray, God, I'm perfectly fine if I don't wake up tomorrow. I would love to end up in heaven tomorrow morning. But I said, every morning, it seems, I wake up and I'm facing another day. And she goes, yep. She says, I totally get it. She says, we just want to be with our loved ones or at least be in that place where they are with them or around them or and just leave this all behind. And I said, yeah, totally get that. And, and we move from that. I mean, this is me and, and a woman who is three decades plus older than me, but we're having some similar experiences. And I'm telling you that because whether you're 21, 51, 71, or 91, we all experience that aloneness. And, and it's part of the grieving process. And, and I'm here to tell you, somebody asked me one time, you know, what's the number one question someone asks after they lose someone? And it's this, we immediately start asking, when do we start feeling better? Is it six months? Is it a year? Do you feel better after two years? What about the third year? How about the fourth year? And those of us that are going through this process know that there are changes. In some respects, it gets better. But in many respects, there's a lot of sameness as well. Some of the same issues that we deal with. I equate it to mold in the shower. Now, this is going to sound really weird, but think about it. Okay, so you've got mold in the shower. It's growing. You got to kill it out. So you kill it out. You get some bleach, whatever, some cleaner. You get it out. The shower's all fresh and clean and bright again, and you feel good about the shower. But the thing about mold is, no matter what you do, it seems to always creep back in. So it comes back in, and we clean it again, and we clean it again. We feel better, and then it comes back, and we go down. And I kind of think that's what this whole grief thing is like. We go through cycles. We always will. We go through cycles where it feels like it's getting a little better and then boom, it hits us. It's like a heavy wet blanket we've talked about before that just kind of hangs over us. And man, there are some days it is just tough to shake. And that's where Lola and I started talking about what you started talking about if you ever had thoughts of taking your own life. And, and she goes, gosh, yeah. She says, after I lost Keith, she says, you know, my world came crashing down. She says, I just wanted to leave this world behind and, and chase him to heaven. And I said, yeah, I'm, I was the same way, Loa. And I said, you know, I said, I still have sometimes those dark thoughts. And I said, I always tell people, though, it doesn't mean you're suicidal. It doesn't mean you're crazy. It just means you're normal, right? And she goes, absolutely. She says, 
we, we both, though, too, share the same thought. I told her that story I've told you guys before about us standing on a street corner. And I thought, hey, I'll just walk out in the traffic. It'll be over. I'll be in heaven. All is going to be good. And I said, but knowing my luck, I'll just be maimed and be a burden for a bunch of people out there. And Lola laughs. She goes, I've had the exact same thought. She says, I've thought about before just driving the car off into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> but she says, knowing me, the airbag would, would, would save my life and I would survive a crash in the Grand Canyon. And we laughed about that because it was just perfectly ridiculous, of course. But again, a lot of words of wisdom from Lola today. And she said that uh, she really does look forward to when she can finally leave this earth and go to heaven because she knows that's where the final reward's going to be. We both talked about we know there won't be any more tears there. There won't be any more pain there. It'll be a joyful time and we can hardly wait to get there. And then that age-old question, will we be reunited with our loved ones? Well, we, we don't know 100% sure. There's all kinds of different opinions on that. Let's not start a debate with that. Bottom line is, I get back to what Pam said and Lola said it today as well. And that is, once you get there, it's not going to matter. Because everything on this earth, psh, it's in the rearview mirror. You're not going to think about it. You're not going to look at it. You're going to just be looking forward and it's all going to be good. It really is. But as for fighting those morning blues and those evening blues and those blues in general, I'm going to tell you, it's just a tough road. It's just something we have to deal with. And uh, we will get through it. You just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Staying busy is incredibly important. Sometimes it can be exhausting, can't it? It's just like feeling sad can be exhausting. It's like all your friends and relatives and all, they're like, Come on, we want you to feel better. Can't you feel better? You seem better. Do they really think you don't want to feel better? Do they think we want to feel like this? No. But it's just not that easy. It's hard. And that's why I share these messages. So you know that you're not alone in this, okay? And, and, and don't give up, though, okay? When those dark thoughts come in, it, it, it's okay. They're going to creep in there, but work through them. Press on through them. Find one of my old podcasts. Find one of my videos. Hey, we've also got fun stuff on the YouTube channel. Watch some of the travel videos. Watch a cooking video. Do something to keep the mind active, okay? And I know, too, there's this uh, other woman who's on uh, the Internet. Who's, uh, she's like 80 years old, and she's been talking about how in less than a year she's already got her a new man. And she says, it's amazing. She says, says, I got remarried, and she says, couples are asking us out already. And I thought, yeah. That's true. You're back in the club. You're back in the couples club. A lot different, isn't it? It sure is. But those of us who are living it alone and single, well, it's a little tougher road for us. But we can still find some moments of joy. It's kind of like when somebody asks me, how am I doing? You know, I've often told you, do you really want to know? My stock answer really is, as for how I'm doing, well, I'll tell you guys. This is how I'm doing these days, okay? I'm still sad, I'm still lonely, but I still have moments of joy, and I'm still finding from time to time purpose in this life here, and that's what I want you to do as well. Hey, thanks for watching, thanks for listening. Keep subscribing to our YouTube channel, and also the podcast, Love Letters to Pam, The Jack Church Show. Until we see you next time, have a great day. Better yet, make it a better tomorrow, and bye now.